Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, horny for data. Great. So, um... Sorry, data. <laughs> horny for data. Oh, not data? No, not data. I'm horny for Deanna Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that her name? That's her name, right? <laughs> no, data. Excuse me, okay. data. The uh, you know the the organizing and um, analysis of um, you know figures and numbers, and I just love it. I'm just mm, oof. Well, well, Jordan. Yeah. Um, I always knew that you were a nerd, and I always knew you were good with computers. Yes, these both of those things are true, and certainly not just one of them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> certainly not the bad one of those is true. You're always the guy that I think I should call when I have, uh, tech support needs. Yeah. I'm your guy. And Unplug it, plug it back in again. Um, any other solutions, anytime I need to do linear equations, I also call you. I'm your dude. If I'm like, Oh fuck the quadratic equation. I remember part of it, but not all of it. I better call Jordan. That That's guy loves I'm on speed dial. Guy loves data. Mm-hmm. All I love is Wesley Crusher from Star Trek. Big data head. Um, a really important piece of data dropped recently. Can I? T- yes. Sorry, Jordan. I want to hear about this data. I just want to say that if I could remember the name of Whoopi Goldberg's character on the show, I would have said that. I just can't think of what her name was <laughs> on the show because I just think of her as Whoopi Goldberg, one of my all-time faves. We have a... Our our guest, <laughs> we have a, we have a guest who could very easily answer this question. Who is uniquely qualified to answer this question? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you might know him from his work on Star Trek: Prodigy, among uh, other fascinating and interesting, especially animation projects. He's also a past guest on this program, Chad Quant. Hi, Chad. How are you? Hey, y'all. I was I was the little boy in the back of the classroom just shooting my hand up here on the zoom call like i know what's Whoopi goldberg called on the show gynan gynan i believe yeah maybe you throw a little little into the nan yeah and she just went on that show because she just liked star trek because she was like a movie star at the time right yeah i mean listen Whoopi is an amazing actress gynan's a great character i'd say in the 90s which i believe was most of the time she was doing star trek she's doing both Academy Award winning feature films and she's also doing Theodore Rex. Yeah. So I can't really <laughs> I can't really say what caused her to choose her project. Whoopi yeah, contains which... multitudes. Like all of us do. Whoopi sure. contains multitudes. <laughs> sometimes an interdimensional being, mm-hmm. sometimes I, I hang out with a dinosaur cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was Theodore Rex also a cop? <laughs> yes, I believe he was the dinosaur brought onto the investigation. Because uh, dinosaurs were being murdered. <laughs> Why? Wow. I thought he was a dinosaur that played basketball. Oh, I mean, he definitely does. He loves cookies. Uh, I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Yeah. No, actually, Jesse, he can't. There's a rule in the rule book that says he can't <laughs> okay. play basketball. I have the basketball rule book in front of me. Yeah. Because it's got so much data in it. That's why I love it. Ooh, I love the data in this rule book. Ooh, sure. Yum. 24 really seconds. impressive we play basketball also with like those tiny little arms like his crossover fade is right is, is fantastic <laughs> yeah. he's a reverse danielle marshall that was a basketball um, player who had long arms i remember long arms yeah unusually <laughs> long arms it seemed like they went to his knees so 
Um, you mentioned data, Jordan. This data, this important yeah. piece of data that came out Please. recently that I that I think is it, that is worth unpacking on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I think this is a, this is a data show. People tune in, <laughs> you know, to hear. But this, sh- know. this show and Reply All are the two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the two. Uh huh. And later, we're going to help Chad uh, find the origin of a song he kind of remembers from the nineties. <laughs> You can weirdly sing all of, but <laughs> um, so a popular website uh, dedicated to uh, the pornographic moving image, short films that show that are of a sexual nature, a romantic nature, a romantic nature. Well, I mean, yeah. they think that'll kind of enter into the data today. Mm-hmm. I like to call them nipple Nickelodeons. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nippelodians, right. Nippelodians, yeah. Nipple, you, Nippelodians. you go down to the go down to the boardwalk with your buffalo nickel and <laughs> get yourself a licorice stick and in a Coney Island, yeah, Coney Island Red Hot. And I dropped this data into the chat. So what this pornographic website did? Was... By the way, Jordan, when I go to that website, you know what I type into that search bar? Hmm. Coney Island Red Hot. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Ooh. It's going to bring up some stuff. Sometimes I type in licorice stick. Right. <laughs> Joey Chestnut mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> he takes 38 hot dogs at once. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> Kobayashi so stuffed. <laughs> Too full. <laughs> um, so what happened... <laughs> What happened with this pornographic website is they took the 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 data they had from a year of um you know people searching on the website for various things and they they produce a lot of like graphs and kind of interesting factoids. Mm-hmm. And the one that I think is worth discussing I've actually dropped into the chat for the both of you to look yeah. at. Um and what this is this is this map is titled United States Top Relative Searches. Terms search more often in each state when compared to all others. So what happens is this that a this is a map of the US and and instead of the name of the state you have what this state is searching for more than other states. Right. Um you know and I think I learned a lot from this. One is that I cannot identify all of the states by their shape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it was hard for me. I had to cross-reference it with another map. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I think you know, just a couple interesting things stand out if you look at this um, map. Is that? Um, well, I think number one, my 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 eye went to Louisiana, mm-hmm. whose top mm. search term is just naked women. <laughs> They, they're simple there on there in Louisiana. Just just want to see the naked form. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like does Louisiana have more thirteen year olds who are just searching for porn for the first time? I think what it is is you know it's a French speaking area, you mm-hmm. know, relative to other parts of the United States. And I think right. they're just looking for <laughs> ladies who wear no pants. <laughs> right, because in France there's mm-hmm. a there's a place where those ladies dance. Mm-hmm. There's a conveniently placed hole in the wall mm-hmm. where the men can see it all. Isn't the internet just a conveniently placed hole in the wall where the men can see <laughs> right. it all? Right. What is the internet? 
but a hole in the wall where the men could see it all. <laughs> a series of holes. Right? Yeah. Is, is, how, is how it was first Yes, the, Al, Gore. Al Gore says, what if there was a series of holes where <laughs> the, the holes. men could see it all? <laughs> and by it all, it could be women with no pants and also, you know, Dark Souls lore videos. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes over crossing over. Um, oh, boy. Chad, you're speaking my language. If you have any of these, please. <laughs> you have my email. Uh, my, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to just jump in. Please. Yeah, yeah. Jump in. What do you got? Uh, I, I'm trying to kind of find patterns, right? right? Like I'm I'm looking for, you know, what I really wished was there was just a whole region dedicated to, quote, huge boobs. Right. But really, every state's different. So I'm still looking for patterns. What I what I find interesting is a couple places in this, Jordan, is uh, Minnesota and Iowa next to each other. Minnesota having the top search result of cartoon. Yes. And Iowa, a much more specific Harley Quinn. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? They are so close to each other and yeah, and, and related in that way. It is it, it is really interesting. Um, Iowa is like. Yeah, I I could take or leave all the other cartoons, but this one specific yes. cartoon. Iowa's much more of a DC state, and mm-hmm. Minnesota is much open to all sorts of cartoons. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, we're talking um, Keith Cliff. We're talking. <laughs> why? I was, why would you do that to poor Heath Cliff? But yeah, yeah, no yeah, one should. Know. <laughs> I mean, you've seen him put that fish in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> if he could fit the whole thing in there. I'd love him. Oh, to... it comes out dry as a bone, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I also really like this. Um, maybe this is. I don't mean to shame at all. I think this is all very cool, and everyone's of everyone's kink is welcome. I want to call this kind of like the the kink belt in mm. uh, what would be all the way from North Dakota to Texas is really interesting. Uh, North Dakota quickie. South Dakota, mm-hmm. sex doll. Nebraska, moaning. Yeah, moaning is a strange one. Just the, just like I, there's a sound that we like in Nebraska. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to know that anyone's actually, I don't want to see it. I just want to know audit, audio, like ASMR audience there. Right? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is a little more of a scalp tingle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um also, I mean, if we if we're kind of moving down here from Harley Quinn, you move past Handjob, and <laughs> this is one of those things. I'm going to admit, I don't know what state this is. This one above Louisiana here. Uh, that's Arkansas. Ah, Arkansas. My apologies to Arkansas. Um, their thing is just the word <laughs> divorced. Yeah. Who hasn't cranked it to Kramer versus Kramer? <laughs> just a painful. A Painful, mean divorce. I want to watch specifically the scene in Love Actually between Alan Rickman and... <laughs> Here we are in the holiday season when we're recording this. Uh, I still have not seen Love Actually. That's one of those, oh my God, you've never seen it movies that people do to me. It's all right. Yeah? Yeah. I disagree. I think it sucks. You think it's amazing. <laughs> I think it totally sucks. I watched it one time. Because I had a great intern back in the olden days, and it was his favorite movie. He was such a like a cool, uh, great guy, and I thought, well, I have, he likes it. And I don't. I don't dislike a romantic <laughs> comedy. I like romance and comedy. Yeah. Two of my favorite things. You know, you want to, you know, you want to watch. Uh, I, I want to see. You know, uh, Billy Crystal's apartment, his loft. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. fun to me. 
Well, you like loft comms. <laughs> I do like loft comms. I just want to see how they're utilizing one of those wagon wheel tables. Right. Yeah. Um, but I watch Love Actually as a lot of wonderful performers that I love. I want to be clear about that. But I really thought Stacked it sucked cast. ass. I yeah. thought it was so stupid and bad. <laughs> I was really shocked at how much I didn't like it. Is this... Is Do I... Because I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm going into the 10th year of Love Actually discussion mm-hmm. and having to be the guy who hasn't seen it. Do I... Do I watch it? <laughs> anyway... Hit or, me up um, in the comments. Let me know. <laughs> Seeking old love actually. Smash yeah. that love actually button. I, yeah. I would ask, I'll ask this. If anyone's going to tell you which to see love actually, I want them to put out there what their favorite storyline is in it. Because I'd say I'm with Jesse in that there's probably much more worse, worse segments than good segments in love actually. I'm trying to think of like a good one. Um, all the people in it are good. Like, I want to be clear. There's so many wonderful performers in the movie Love Actually. And I love Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You're no, you're no Scrooge or Grinch. I'm neither of those things. Right before, So it goes hand job, divorced, naked women. Uh, I haven't really worked this through yet, but it's, it goes something like, Oklahoma, where the tits are as natural as rain. <laughs> as natural as rain. Yeah. I don't know. Rain is natural, right? Yeah. What's a one-syllable thing that's natural? Dirt? <laughs> where the tits are natural as dirt. Natural tits oh, is that one. Some natural tits. grown tits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna steal. So I was I was discussing this piece of data on a text chain with a uh, past guest uh, Jesse Joyce, mm-hmm. who was saying that he thinks it's interesting that Alaska's uh, top kink is morning <laughs> sex, and he thinks it's just because they have six months of darkness and yeah. they just want to see something that takes place in the morning. Also, Hawaii's is great. I had not noticed. Amateur wife. Yeah. Yeah. They like two things in Hawaii. They like commitment and credibility. This is my first time being a wife. I'm not professional like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think that they're... That's <laughs> what they're... Like, oh, you don't want to see someone who's getting paid to be a wife. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want someone who's trying it out, uh, self-employed, uh, has an LLC wife. Right. It's very, it's very punk rock of Hawaii, you know? You don't want some wife that's like sold out, like some sellout wife doing beer commercials. The state of Oregon is labeled J O I, mm-hmm. and I immediately thought mm-hmm. that it was mm-hmm. about the R and B singer Joy. And I thought it was <laughs> so specific, so spe- and look, she's a beautiful woman. I wouldn't fault anyone, <laughs> but uh, then I remembered the genre Jack Off Instructions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is where you just let somebody tell you how you should jack jack off. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what kind of, you know, what kind of stuff to do. Like a cheerleader kind of thing. Like an encouragement. Like a life coach. <laughs> it is like a life coach. That's right. the way people hire life coaches. I was looking for a life coach the other day. And they said, I will jack off instruct everything in your life. Right. I hired a I hired an organizational consultant who said she would jack off instruct 
my closets. <laughs> to help you release, I guess, old clothes you don't right. need. <laughs> Talk about oh. sparking spark about sparking joy, am I right? Thank you. <laughs> am I wait, am I right? Yeah. I am I right? You're probably right. Am I right? You're probably right. I mean, some of the things are medium look, Arizona is strip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of course. It's fine. Strip. Sure. You know what I mean? And you're not you're not shocked to see that Utah is Mormon. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> That's kind is of there Mormon? So what is so what is that? Is is there is this like porn for Mormons where you like it's part of the story that they're married and trying to have a child. Yeah. Do they just want to know that the like the performers are Mormon? Is there need to be some sort yeah. of storyline? Yeah. When the man comes, he goes, You broke my window. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all learn a lesson mm-hmm. about, let's say, truthfulness. Yeah. Beautiful. But there you're right above Right above the Nevada is twerking, uh, Arizona is strip, Utah is Mormon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. area is Chad. You're you're our state man. What state is this pointy state? Is that um, Idaho? The state that I now have much more respect for. I believe Idaho. Yeah, is the giantest state. Yeah. <laughs> which awesome Idaho. Y'all are doing it. Yeah, it is. That is so interesting. That that so close geographically. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, a, 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 like a like who among us would not enjoy some twerking, you know, pretty like, <laughs> yeah, even who like who would say, oh, no twerking for me. Everybody would like to see a little bit that. of that. Yeah. And then you just have something hyper specific like giantess, a, a large woman who I think is probably using forced perspective to make it look like they're smashing people. <laughs> Much, much the way that Peter Jackson pulled off a Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is the the point. <laughs> Everybody's kneeling in a ditch. <laughs> it's from the same people who made Willow. Right. <laughs> um, I have a question. Yes. There's a lot of different things on here. You know what I mean? I know what ebony is, what furry is. I know what doggy style is. Dirty mm-hmm. talk. I know that. Foot Jesse, job. Jesse, what is it? Yeah. I'm not going to get into a whole thing. The kids on the bus won't tell me. <laughs> I'm not going to. Look, if you want to talk about this later, Jordan, if you have questions, you can ask them to me later, okay? Uh, I, I have a very, very vivid childhood memory of being on the bus and kids laughing at 69 and me asking to be told what it is and them not telling me and like laughing at me because I didn't know what it was. Holy cow. Really? Yeah. That's it rough. Was pretty traumatic. Uh, but hey, now I totally know what it is. So <laughs> if Tim Coda is listening, I know what it is, motherfucker. In the state of Vermont, yeah. home yes. to socialist Senator Bernie Sanders, <laughs> home to a lot of dairy cows, and of course, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um. Something is popular there called tribbing. I do mm-hmm. not know what tribbing is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've just misspelled tribble. <laughs> Keeping with the Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, if I was just covered in furry balls. <laughs> right. If I open my little overhead compartment and they all fall on me. Oh, no. Like, there's three people besides me here on this program. 
There's of course Chad Jordan and our and our friend Brian Fernandez who produces the show. And you guys have probably all visited this website. I mean, I don't mean to be presumptuous, but right. Do you know what tribbing is? I see. I noticed this on the map, and I looked it up because of the map. And I'm not okay. saying that it's. Oh. I'm. I don't want to be one of these like I didn't know what it was because I don't. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I. I. Something I could know what it is. I just yeah. didn't happen to know what it is. So you I, know what swallow is. Sure. Yeah. It's when the yeah fine birds. Yeah, it's the and, birds who yeah. come come back to Capistrano. Ooh, I love it when they come back to Capistrano. Ooh, mm-hmm. I love it when those birdies come back to the mission. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I do want to say on this record on this podcast, it'll be digitally archived forever. Yeah. I do. I do know what true. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jesse, I think it is. Um, it is a similar act, if not the exact same act, to scissoring. Right? Scissoring. Am I? Yes, yes, I believe. I, I think. I think tribute is a much more uh, in, in twenty twenty one more common term for scissors. Okay, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder. I'm not the expert on this. This is not my wheelhouse. To say. it could be a regional yeah. thing. It's like in you know in Vermont it's tribute, <laughs> and in the South it's called a po' boy. <laughs> in some areas I'm, it's Carl's Junior. Right. Some, some the it's the West right. Where there's Hardee's, it's tribbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's Jr. Hellman's. Anyway, I think in... You guys uh, ever tripped with some Hellman's, by the oof. way? <laughs> Add a little Hellman's. Yeah. <laughs> Sandwichy. Promotes browning because of the proteins. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, lesbian yoga. What's this lesbian yoga state? Oh, yeah. Lesbian yoga was really... Was an interesting hyper-specific. Oh, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that Wisconsin there? Yeah, I was surprised by that, but also not. I just feel like I wouldn't be. Wisconsin is a wild card state, you know. Mm-hmm. It's known for whatever Eugene Debs and long frozen winters. Mm-hmm. Like anything could sure. happen in Wisconsin, you know. What it's I mean? known as the Sapphic State. Yeah, correct? It is. <laughs> yes, it's on the. Yeah. it's on the on the seal. It's known for its yogis. Mm-hmm. It's the Yellowstone <laughs> of states. Uh, is that what it was called? Jellystone. God damn it. Um, yeah, lesbian yoga I thought was nice. Uh, I just think it's good to have spaces like that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's great to stretch. Mm-hmm. It's to really have, good. It can help on with your core. Yeah. It can help with if you have back pain or you haven't had enough tribbing lately. <laughs> sure. You know. Sure, you might have pulled something. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if, you know, as we're heading into 2022, you know, another election year, are, are the different candidates and their teams going to be consulting this to make sure that you, you need uh, to know what the name of the state right. is, yeah, that's what right? Dick you Morris need to know what their main now. export is, and what is their fetish so that you can put it in your speech at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah so when, Direct mail. <laughs> so when Biden goes to New Jersey, he has to eat some <laughs> scrapple. <laughs> <laughs> and then get <laughs> and then get some femdom. He has to yeah. yeah, he needs to get Amazon styled by a by a constituent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's nice. He can, you know, it's I. I mean, I personally want a president who's comfortable being femdommed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Take that that's asshole fine. down a notch. That's what I say. Thank you. <laughs> Show my boss. <laughs> yeah. Leader of the free world. Not right now. You're not. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're a diaper baby. <laughs> it's while yeah, I think it's in the stitcher that the time that the president is being femdom, the vice president takes over. Right. Yeah. Place. Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> the chain of command. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the president has a ball gag in his mouth and he cannot execute the orders needed right. in case we go exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, hard to hard to hard to push the nuclear button when you're handcuffed <laughs> to the old four poster. Now, I um, I think at this point it's almost cliched on our podcast to ask our guest about something that's visible in the background of their Zoom shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. Chad, I'm wondering if you possibly have a blacklight poster of yourself behind you. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Think uh, wearing the same sweatshirt that you're wearing right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm. I'm. I love a good blue. Uh, I could. Okay, Chad's gonna grab this blacklight poster. This is embarrassing. I left it. Left it up. It's unintentional. This is a uh, parting crew gift. As I wrapped up on Wizards Tales of Arcadia, they uh, drew me. Uh, everyone on our crew would get like art pieces of themselves done on their last day and the crew did this wonderful one of me as a as, as a writing boy with my dog archie as a familiar and i'm casting a, a building a magical concoction oh uh yeah it's very sweet he also got a little tiny guillermo del toro drawing of himself because this is his cartoon avatar uh so yeah that, that, that's a real treasure guillermo del toro produced that show we should say Yes, a, a Guillermo del Toro joint, I believe, is as he calls them. He happened just happened to be walking past, and they grabbed him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> quick, can you help us sympathize with these monsters? <laughs> yes, that's what I do. Yes, yes, rolls up his sleeve. Yes, yeah. I take the inner life that... of the monsters very seriously. That's my thing. <laughs> Sir, um, do you happen to have access to an entire home full of Frankenstein's and stuff? <laughs> Yeah, Chad, did you get to visit the Guillermo uh, Sanctuary? Bleak House. I did not. They was Bleak House was, uh, if for those in the listening who aren't familiar, uh, yeah, Guillermo has so much swag from, from films and movies he's worked on and things he just collects that he bought a separate house next to his living house to fill with swag. And yeah, there's a, there's a great Conan segment where Andy goes there and they tour through it and they... They break one of his, the camera guy breaks one of his things. You can tell Guillermo's very nice about it, but very upset. Oh, no. Uh, but it's got massive, it's got wax figures of like, oh, is it like Lovecraft and uh, Linda Blair from The Exorcist, just like hanging out on his couch. And he just lives there with them. Um, I, I did not get to go see Bleak House, unfortunately. I believe it was being uh, a tr- part of the LACMA Touring Museum Showcase, where you could go and see all the stuff in person. I did go to that exhibit at LACMA, and it was uh, totally amazing. I will I will remember yeah. it always. It was really, really great. Um, and I think something that was just amazing about it was that like, he has just like, you know, here are some 19th century wood carvings made to ward <laughs> off witches. <laughs> and then here is a steampunk Spider-Man drawing I bought at Comic-Con. <laughs> like it is both. It is both the most amazing the most amazing, you know, macabre antique you've ever seen in your life and then like 
something he commissioned from Comic-Con. It is really, yeah. really great. Here's an original Moomin I got yeah. made, kind of. Thing. <laughs> like, one of those. Uh, there's a, I didn't get to see it, but um, I believe Guillermo won't be mad. I feel like I'm violating his security by sharing the layout of his house. <laughs> uh, so for potential of heist, but there's a, uh, a room in Bleak House that I guess just rains, like an indoor... It doesn't serve doesn't serve much of a purpose. Not a shower room. It is just Guillermo wanted a room indoors where it would look like it's raining, a la Crimson Peak or something. And that is that is rad. You don't have to worry about a potential heist, Chad. And I'll tell you why. The reason is that there's no masterminds who listen to this show. Only demo experts. <laughs> there's some hackers. Yeah, a few hackers. Yeah. I bet our audience has a lot of experience saying we're in. <laughs> <laughs> When when those hackers are listening to Jordan Jesse go, you know what they're saying to themselves? Enhance, enhance, right. enhance. <laughs> um, all the I mean, I maybe a this is a there's a probably a minimal audience for this, but that would be a cool movie. A bunch of goths having the high skier yeah. del Toro's house. <laughs> what would be the I would it be would it be the scarab from Kronos? Oh yeah, real and makes you immortal. That's like I don't know that's... season six of Los Spookies when they run out of regular ideas. <laughs> all of a sudden, they're doing a heist, a Guillermo del Toro heist. Yeah. I was really yeah. amazed that he had a lot of like posters and um, you know like film reels that they were projecting of like Mexican horror movies where luchadors fought vampires. Oh, yes, yeah. it fucking ruled so hard. Man, fantastic tastes in everything. Uh, one one other one I think I can I can share is that uh, they usually most of the tour they show up, but Guillermo had set up like a miniature kind of not a full animation studio in Bleak House, but like an area for artists to come in and work and do development on you know the hundreds of projects he has going on. Um, and in this day and age, every show I've worked on, everyone's a digital artist. They work on Centiques and tablets, and it's very rare you work in a physical medium. But his was much more the old classic Disney animator desks. And I asked if that was like an aesthetic thing and found out that it was, he wanted the artist to work in physical mediums when they came in just so he could keep them. Cause he wanted, he was just getting the higher artists that he, you know, loves and has, you know, has Mike Magnolia come in or whatever and do some sketches. And he's like, cool. Now I get free, free sketches. Exactly. Like you said, George just collects yeah. them. Um, if I were him, I'd just hire Banksy. <laughs> How are you going to find the guy? Nobody knows who he is. He does have Mr. Brainwashed trapped in one of the closets. Right. <laughs> he's, he's had it for a couple of years. Have we figured out who Banksy is yet? And also, is Banksy yeah, still a thing? He's, uh, Jordan, <laughs> he's the world's shittiest artist. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so Did you shitty. see that fucked up Disneyland that he made? Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, remember when Banksy said that wars were bad? <gasps> no, I don't. Um, on the topic of uh, on the topic of Christmas movies, Love Actually. Yes. Um, do either of you do Christmas movies around the Christmas time? I would like to. Yeah, Jesse, I know you, that you and your family. I think um, you were mentioning that you watched Santa Jaws recently. Uh, we sorry. we most recently watched Santa Claus, mm-hmm. uh, C L A W S. Oh right, right, right. Which is dramatically worse than Santa Jaws, which I've also seen. Santa Jaws, which is a sort of um, 
a sci-fi channel shark movie with a Christmas theme where there are some shots of the shark's fin wearing a Santa hat. Um, That's funny. That one is impressively charming. Uh, I wouldn't say that people should go out of their way to see it if that's not their kind of thing. Uh, but let's say it's your 10-year-old's kind of thing exactly, and they're obsessed with that kind of thing, and they make you watch it, uh, you will be surprised at, at how charming it is. Um, That's a cool kid. Yeah, it it is It is a not horrible, and it's fun, and it's uh, knowing in a less annoying way than the Sharknado movies um and uh yeah it's it's got a it's got a lot of charm a lot a lot going for it santa jaws do we do we have like a faded 80s 90s star in it is like is like tiffany in it or something yeah i think someone like that is in it now i can't remember who but like all these movies the you know they usually have some teens or some kids and I'm always shocked that there just must be this reservoir of like pretty charming child actors because those ones, and it might just have to do with how narrow the range is where you can be a charming child actor. Uh, mm -hmm. So like you don't have time to establish a long career as a, as a C plus, like you can only just come, you have to come in hot or else you're not getting cast in anything and you might just get cast in commercials and sci-fi channel movies you know like there's not that many jobs in big movies even if you're a really good child actor so often the child actors are the best part uh and the child actors in santa jaws are all very charming and <laughs> in santa claus uh which is about a group of talking kittens oh who save santa from anaphylactic shock excuse me um, I, I think I do think we we maybe yeah. chatted about this on a past Jordan Jesse go. It's because Santa yeah. is allergic to legumes. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and that is the best part of Santa Claus, which is, and the look. There's a kid in Santa Claus does a great job, and I honestly like sincerely <laughs> the kid brings life to the screen every time they're on the screen. But uh, boy, is it horrible! Like it is so spectacularly boring santa claus like so terrible and it doesn't even have like you really want to see a 90210 cast member walk <laughs> through a scene and there's just none of that it's just like uh voice actors who clearly just did one take and left <laughs> sure it is just brutal santa claus but yeah i mean like miracle on 34th street i love that movie <laughs> You know what I mean? I was, uh, uh, you know, AMC, kind of, you know, just changes to Christmas movies, Christmas classics around this time of year. And there is a there is a 2000s Nicolas Cage movie called The Family Man, I believe, okay. um, where it's him and Taya Leone. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was watching a couple minutes of this, and this is like a... Um, you know, a a kind of a magical premise meant to teach a workaholic a lesson movie, <laughs> um, because that is that was the lesson of all movies for a series of about nine years mm -hmm. is that workaholics work too much. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a a kind of a hot shot workaholic mm -hmm. who, through a magical wish that I didn't see. Um, Wakes up, uh, you know, just your average suburban family man, and um, 
you know, I was kind of interested in this as one. I'm like, oh, maybe I would go, maybe I would go back and like watch this whole thing at some point. Um, but the it it has this weird thing where part of the premise is that you know before before he magically warped into suburbia, Nicolas Cage was a hot sexual fuck machine. Of course. Mm-hmm. And I, has anyone ever been attracted to that's always these sometimes these movies he'll he'll like he'll be coded as hot mm-hmm. and I'm like he's always been weird, right? Anyway, that's the part that I like. I'm like <laughs> but he has fuck vibes. Yeah. I I just watched Moonstruck recently and he when he's screaming about his hands and and I get it. I can wish Sharers into it. Oh. Yeah, maybe Moonstruck. Maybe you can just coast off Moonstruck and Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> where you're like a a hot a hot headed a hot headed uh, you know Fonzie type. Have either of you gents and and you too, Brian? I I feel rude now, acting like you're not here with us. Brian, uh, have have you seen uh... Brian? Cover yourself with a sheet, <laughs> <laughs> like a bird going to sleep. <laughs> uh... <laughs> God damn it, Brian! Cover yourself with a sheet. Uh... If you want to talk about sexy Nick, Nick Cage energy, I do. I would say uh, check out Drive Angry, uh, 2011 film, where oh, I believe Nicholas okay. Cage literally drove out of hell to avenge his wife or something. Um, there is a full sex scene where Nicholas Cage is clothed the whole time, wearing like a leather jacket, and the pants don't come off. But I guess penetration's happening. And while he's having sex with this young, you could take out the dick. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's it's a very cumbersome setup. We were like Nicholas Cage. That's what the zipper is for. (laughs) I guess that's that's (laughs) the main reason for it. I just say like, why would you put a zipper there if not to take your dick? That's true. That's very true. It just you know, I guess a consideration of the the naked woman who was in bed with him is fully naked, at least like you know, match the the level of nudity. Um, But uh, she probably didn't have a zipper. She probably didn't have a zipper. She'd take her whole clothes off. Uh, mm-hmm. they they proceed to have sex while Nicolas Cage is shooting men coming in to kill them. So they are uh, flipping into different yeah. positions and everything to give Nicolas Cage the angle he needs to to blow guys away with shotguns. And it, Chad, yeah. you're explaining this to me like I don't live in Montana. That's our whole thing. <laughs> have you yeah, not I'm looking seen at the, the data? I'm looking at the Pornhub map. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> that is word for word. <laughs> Yeah. Um, hey, do you guys want to take a little break? I need to yeah. price flights to Montana. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, every episode of Jordan, Jesse Go is supported by the members of MaximumFun.org. We're also grateful this week for the support of the good folks at Magic Spoon, makers of my favorite No Cereal In It cereal. Yes, love it. If you don't know, by the way, Magic Spoon is a, uh, a breakfast or anytime cereal with zero grams of sugar, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's like a fun kid 
uh, sweetie cereal, but with uh, much more healthier stuff in it. I don't know how they make this without grain, but somehow they do. Uh, this stuff is really great, and you can get it at magicspoon.com slash jjgo. Go to magicspoon.com slash jjgo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code JJGO at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash JJGO. And use the code JJGO to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We're also supported this week by the good folks at Imperfect Foods. Jordan, I am so tired of going to the goddamn grocery store. Great news. Imperfect Foods sends food right to my doorstep. Yeah, and uh, it's great because this is food that uh, maybe a grocery store uh, might not put out because it's, uh, you know, a little wonky. It's still great. It still tastes awesome. And uh, Imperfect Foods can ship it right to your door. It's not just tiny pears, Jordan. There's also uh, pantry staples, just regular pantry stuff, and specialty snack foods, which I particularly like those snacks. They have an awesome selection of like dried fruit snacks. Uh, The produce is great. They've got deli stuff. They've got bakery stuff. So basically, you can just shop with Imperfect Foods. Uh, and it'll replace a trip to the grocery store. Um, it's really terrific. I've liked everything I've got from them, uh, and we think you'll like it too. Uh, right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code JJGO. Again, 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code JJ Go, you get 20% off your first four orders. Imperfectfoods.com, use JJ Go. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Chad Quant, the peanut butter thief. Fuck yeah. So that's who took my peanut butter. There was some peanut butter. I looked out my front window today, and I had a view of my station wagon parked on the street. Not to brag, but <laughs> there's not an, I park my station wagon on the street. Just like for, you all. I park, it, yeah. I park it one wheel at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and uh, I look one out. wheel at a time. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> that happened. Uh, um, that's what they search for in New Hampshire. One wheel at a time. <laughs> right. Um, I looked out my window uh, at my car and right behind the rear wheel of my car was like a Costco sized jug of peanut butter. Oh, and there was only like a little, there was some peanut butter in there. Oh, not a ton. It wasn't full. It wasn't my peanut butter, but I just imagined someone walking down the street holding it <laughs> and then being like, oh, fuck, it's cashed and just tossing it. <laughs> <in my wheel. laughs> 
They reload with another giant jar of peanut butter they had carrying with them. Yeah. Break out the crunchies. Yeah. Had them on their in their hip holsters or something. (laughs) Anyway, I just have to remember not to reverse out of my parking spot because otherwise there's going to be a fucking peanut butter situation. I'll tell you right now. You don't want peanut butter wheels. (laughs) Well, that's a good point. Maybe I do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Brian would if I put some seeds into the peanut butter, <laughs> like a bird eats. He Brian's a bird is what that's about, Jordan. Oh, okay. I see. We're doing a Brian is, hey, if we want to run with this Brian is a bird thing, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where did Brian go? Let's get him back here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Brian is a bird shit. Get Brian a new cuddlefish. Yeah. You know, Jordan, you know how you can tell, uh, you know how you can tell that Brian eats a lot of seeds by the shape of his beak. Darwin taught us that. Sure. Beautiful. Darwin taught us that. Um, Okay. So with something that we've been talking about recently on the program Mm -hmm. is situations where we've been exposed to media that is entirely inappropriate for the situation. Uh, so we're not just talking about the ninth birthday party where my daughter saw, where my wife saw the shining. Um, maybe it was even an eighth birthday party. Wow. Something really horrible. We're not just talking about a guy watching pornography on his laptop on an airplane. (laughs) Although we are talking about those things. Um, we're also talking about all, all, all kinds of stuff, stuff that accidentally showed on the, uh, on the projection screen at a big work conference, uh, things that uh, accidentally blared out of car speakers because mm-hmm. of a Bluetooth confusion, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. It's actually uh, South Dakota's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is Bluetooth, Bluetooth confusion. confusion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the embarrassment God. is required for the kink. I get right. <laughs> I, I forgot to unpair it. <laughs> Oh, I, I did not. I have not seen Bluetooth confusion porn. I'm a little disappointed because I love their set at Lollapalooza. Right. <laughs> um, okay, Brian. Open for Jane's addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, fuck it. I'll just do jokes about how a phrase sounds like a band name. Who gives Bring a it shit? back, man? Yeah, Brian. Go ahead and press play on one of them. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny D, and guest. I'm gonna guess it's uh, Robin Thede. Um, I'm calling about the inappropriate media exposures, and I was going to tell you that when I was about six years old, my family moved into a new house, and the first night when I was there, I was in the bathroom looking out the window, and I saw that there was a drive-in movie theater about a quarter mile away. And when I watched what was going on there, I saw some inappropriate sexual behavior between human beings going on. And I later learned that this was a theater that was known for showing movies like uh, The Happy Hooker, um, Debbie Does Dallas, stuff like that. Which, of course, at six, I did not know was uh, a thing. So I didn't tell my parents but I think they figured that out pretty soon and were very happy when the trees grew tall enough that we couldn't see the movie theater anymore. Man. Bye. What sucks about this is that he was six. Sure. <laughs> if he me, was 
yeah, if he was if he was thirteen or fourteen, sure. this might. Yeah, this is like has a little bit of a fun factor to it. Yeah, I mean, I support. I think it's so important to respect and value our sort of traditional cultural institutions. And certainly a drive-in pornography theater is one of those. Like this is our cultural heritage and we have to protect it um, and stand behind it. Um, Because if we can't crank off in our 62 Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do we even have the 62 Falcon? Well, someone roller skates up with a bucket full of popcorn that we ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then then what's even the point of living in America? Why you do we even I mean? have the Revolutionary War if not for that? That's Thank a you. really good point. Not to mention the War of 1812. <laughs> sure. I mean- The, the Cola Wars. <laughs> the Why French do we even have Indian those? War. Yeah. <laughs> the Cola <laughs> <laughs> the, the, why, why did we even deal with the Pepsi challenge? Right, we as a country <laughs> completed yeah. the Pepsi challenge. I, honestly, I, I don't. I don't want to talk too much because I lost my uncle in the Pepsi wars. Want, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, sorry about that. My family are RC folks way back, so we just, you know, we 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 were conscientious objectors. Yeah, that's the Sweden of soda, sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think, I think it is a very bittersweet thing to be within spotting distance of a drive-in movie theater, uh, and have it be a, a pornographic drive-in movie theater and then be six. Like it's too young. It's just distressing at that age. Uh, you should be able to see, uh, Ace Venture, a pet detective from your bathroom. Right. A hundred percent. That's what you want to see. You want to be able to, when you're, when you're a kid, the inappropriate media that you want to see is Mo Money starring Damon Wayans. <laughs> um, you want to be able to sneak a glance at In the Army now. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For a normal, let's say it's a, uh, normal is me shaming the porno theater. Let's say yeah. a, a traditional drive-in theater that is going to show you the best of Steven Spielberg. That's if you can see that from your house, that drives up the property value, right? That's a that's a pro for that house, not a con. It seems like it. I mean, it depends on the radio broadcast radius of the right. yeah. of the little transmitter that sends the sound to your car. Mm. Um, or I guess how long the cords are if they haven't don't have the FM modulator yet. It's um it's interesting that to hear this, that there was a drive in that showed pornography. I yeah. I'm I'm surprised to hear that that existed because I, so that was a thing, you know, growing up and, you know, speaking of hack topics that we don't need to cover on podcasts anymore, but when we were kids, porn was hard to find, um, you know, and there was all, all these kind of like, all these kind of like ways that like okay maybe we could do this maybe we could do this and that was kind of one of them was that like there are some drive-ins like you know an hour away where you can see it and i think i believed that and also there was a rumor that like circulated my junior high to where like there's like there was just a regular ass mall movie theater and someone said that if you like go there after the mall closed they would show <laughs> porn in one of the theaters 
And like, I think I straight up believed that. And I feel like whenever I was at that theater would look for like evidence that that was true. Like, I don't know, a pamphlet or something. (laughs) Uh, A a person lingering in a cloak, just kind of wailing to whisk you away into a passage. Yeah. And, And, and yeah. And I think in hindsight, there's no fucking way that was true. Like that's, in you know insane like maybe you could see showgirls there or something when showgirls came out <laughs> but yeah so i always kind of lumped in drive-in that shows porno with that other lie so i'm surprised to hear that that's actually a thing um but i guess the 70s were a wild time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you guys have drive-in movie theaters when you were children like did they still exist where you lived and did you go to them uh, our, we, there was a drive-in movie like about an hour away. So it was kind of like mm. a special trip and we did it a couple of times. And then there was the like, you know, the, the like park department does one and we did that a couple of times. But yeah, uh, there was like an, yeah, there was a, and it might even be like in LA, there is a, there are drive-in theaters that are about an hour away. It might've even been the same ones that I went to growing up. So, uh, yeah, but it was something that, um, was like a, a weird treat. Yeah, I definitely I definitely went several times to double features with my dad. That was the thing. And I I mentioned Mo Money because I did go see Mo Money in that drive-in and then we stayed for about a third of uh Ace Ventura Pet Detective um when my dad just couldn't take anymore. We left. <laughs> like he just filled with yeah. the amount of Jim Carrey he could tolerate. My dad a man with profoundly democratic film tastes who could really, he would just, he, you know, a man who would call me to tell me how much he really enjoyed Shrek 2 or whatever. And my dad absolutely could not deal with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He wasn't mean about it. He was just like, okay, okay, Jesse, I think it's time for us to get going. Do you, do you remember what trademark line was the one that was like the straw that broke the the back sort of thing? Maybe I'm Jim Carrey. <laughs> he just, you know, there's a, there's a ceiling to how many in Living Color cast member star vehicles you can watch in a night. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Jesse, you did just kind of unlock some repressed memories of, I guess I'm just kind of remembering the a growing up period of time where I got old enough to realize my dad hated the movie that we were at because he was going for me, right? Uh, for, and it right. very oh, much yeah. for me was like, oh, the Super Mario Brothers movie in theaters. I I remember more his own pain and discomfort that he was powering through than most of the details in that in that film. And then I'm like, I don't want to do this to my dad. I don't want to make him go through this hell. Yeah, that I, is a strange dissonance when you're a kid. Is you're like, my parents don't like the movies that I like, and you're like, well, I like this. This is great. <laughs> Yeah. My dad, uh, my dad was just an avid moviegoer. Like I, I remember, um, the last time I saw my grandmother alive, she asked me where my dad was. She's in the hospital. She asked me where my dad was, and uh, I said, "Oh, you know, I think he's he's taking a break. I, I think he went to the movies." And she kind of got quiet for a minute, and she said, "He does love going to the movies." <laughs> and I was like, "He really does." But but because I have siblings who are much younger than I am, uh, my brother uh, John is I think eight years younger than me, and and my sibling Brendan is fourteen years younger than me. Like they're like me, their sort of bonding with my dad was to go to the movies, 
And I would, I was like in college at this point mostly. And like, I would get calls from my dad that would just be him appreciating a, a bad movie for six-year-olds that he took Brendan to. Like just telling me what the good, and to him, the greatest success of a movie. And like my dad, like Ingmar Bergman movies too. Like I want to be really clear, but to him, the highest level of art that a movie could achieve uh, was that was my dad fell asleep for a while and it was fine. He kind of like, <laughs> after he woke up, he got back into it. Like he got to sleep some, but also he still got to enjoy the rest after his nap. That That's actually just, I think when you ask like Christmas movies, maybe it was you, Jordan, one of our family traditions every year is I take my parents to see a movie in theaters and it always ends up being a sci-fi film, a la interstellar or a rival or first contact and dad falls asleep and he wakes up at the very end. He had a very nice time. That's so nice. Yeah. Jordan, if only you could get your mom and Brad on that page together to, uh, to watch interstellar with you instead of uh, the, the, uh, what's that movie called? The, the number one ladybugs hotel. <laughs> yeah. That's where Rodney Dangerfield has to open a hotel, but it's only for women. Because <laughs> there's not always knives. I mean, if there's anything we've ever talked about on Jordan Jesse, yeah. it's the fact that there's not always a knives out in theaters at that time that you need to go to the movies with your parents. There's not. I am not going to be taking my parents to go see Spider Man Multiverse and have to be like, now you see, understand that this is. Uh, Green Goblin is from one universe and mm-hmm. the lizard is from the Andrew Garfield universe. Wait, Green Goblin and the lizard are from different universes? I mean, I think so. In the cinematic universe. In the cinematic Jesus universe, yeah. fucking yeah. Christ. But they're both they're both uh, friends with Spider-Man. They're... <laughs> yeah, they're I know. That's why, that's why this shit's so fucked up, Jesse. That's why it's so fucked up what Doctor Strange did. What about the anime Spider-Man? Was she at, where she entered into <laughs> sorry, that? Sorry. <laughs> Are we talking about Penny Parker from Spider-Verse? Yeah, the one with the yeah, the little one with the little dress on. <laughs> I think she had a little dress on. Actually could be multiple Spider-Man. I think I mean, listen, I'd be cool if in the new one with Tom Holland an anime Spider-Man shows up a la who frame Roger Rabbit. That'd be Chad, cool. let God, me ask you this. Rule. It seems yeah. like you're a Spider-Man expert. Um Oh god. Can you answer me this? How many Spider-Mans fit in a Jamba Juice? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I understand the complete reference, but yeah. I'll try my best to answer it. It's an old uh, David Letterman bit. Yeah, he ran out of Spider-Mans, had to start sending in wizards. <laughs> oh my, was that one of the many, like, uh, I have a mic in someone's, an uh, earpiece in someone's, uh, like, yeah. members? It was one of those things where they were like, you know, people love it when Dave goes somewhere and goofs around, but Dave doesn't want to leave his desk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. I did often enjoy those a lot. Um, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He just uh, gets out of his town car, walks in, does the show, back and goes back to Montana. He was fighting for that desk for 20 years, and he'll be goddamned if he leaves that desk. Yeah. Uh, we have another one of these calls, I think. Yeah, Brian, do we? Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and probable guest. Uh, this is Jared in California for uh, a inappropriate uh, media consumption call. 
uh, in sixth grade, uh, the class had, I don't know, we all did our homework for a week or cleaned up after playing tetherball or something, and uh, we got a choice of either a pizza party or a movie in the classroom uh, for an afternoon period. And uh, supposedly we uh, we chose movie because uh, somehow we ended up watching, I believe, it was either Airplane or Airplane 2. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of uh, the movie, there's a scene where uh, mayhem ensues on the plane and a very, very buxom um, woman mm-hmm. without uh, any top on uh, takes up the entire screen for a good maybe five seconds and <laughs> uh, does some uh, intense jiggling, shall we say. So this happens uh, in class of 26th graders and our teacher. And again, it's like at least five seconds. It's a long time. Uh, and there is uh, some uh, tittering uh, among us, uh, I'm not intended. And, uh, but a lot of silence afterwards because super awkward, right? Um, well, apparently not awkward enough for uh, my friend Todd. Uh, Todd... Uh, proceeds to pick up the remote control from uh, where the teacher was sitting, uh, come over and uh, rewind the, the VHS tape to, uh, to the top of the scene again. And uh, so we all watched it twice. And uh, that was about the most awkward uh, school day ever. Thanks. This is the Lord of the Flies situation. Todd, the Todd Meister. You can't <laughs> let Todd get the conch. You know what I mean? Todd, that teacher is letting that remote down for a single, not to tell someone how to do their job, but you've lost control of that room. Yeah. 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 That is, uh, yeah. I mean, that's something I guess that, that, that led to this a lot is probably like, you just kind of forget that for a while, like R rated comedies always had some nudity in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was, that was, the, yeah, that's how you got them. In, got those butts in the seats. Just that. I'm pretty sure I can verify that it is Airplane One because that same exact thing happened to us in our church lock-in one. Hey, uh, pastor showed his airplane because every other joke was okay in that in that Presbyterian church, but those boobies came by and he was he was old Terry was very flustered. Man, uh, you yeah. know those? I I know that those uh, Zucker, some of the Zucker Abram Zuckers. I don't remember which one. Uh, became, you know, like uh, George W. Bush supporters or something, and it, it bummed people out. But uh, airplanes so fucking funny. Jesus Christ, does airplanes hold Check up? Out. Oh my Top god, Top Secret's fucking hilarious. Uh, Top Secret UHF is really holds funny. up pretty well. You guys put that in the same pantheon of those. Is UHF? Uh, I didn't know UHF was a Zucker. Oh no, sorry. They were talking about just classic spoofs. Sorry. Oh that yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, that is a Weird Al. Did Weird Al direct that? <laughs> Uh, he at least co-wrote it. Yeah, I, I believe uh, his friend in the movie pl- was the director. If anybody, if anybody is out there and has not watched uh, Police Squad, the like oh, yeah. sure. eight episode television show that got canceled halfway through its first season, uh, that became the Naked Gun movies, uh, it is so consistently fucking hilarious. And you're mm. like, how is this forty something years old? 
and it holds up this exceptionally well. Like I've never stopped thinking about, there's a scene where Leslie Nielsen is in the foreground doing like some police stuff at a talking about some police stuff at a, at a crime scene. And, uh, they start walking. It's a murder scene. And from the left-hand side of the frame, some guys start walking a stretcher into the frame, like in the far background. But then as they're walking across the frame, the stretcher just continues entering the frame like it never <laughs> fully until the stretcher is like 40 feet long. <laughs> it's crossing the entire frame for a few seconds until finally the back end of the stretcher comes across. Oh, fuck. I could watch that kind of joke all day forever. Yeah. And I know what you mean about UHF, Chad. It's like, that's one that like you, you find so funny as a kid and then learn later in life was a bomb. And you're like, no, everyone loves this movie. Everyone loves it. And it's a classic. And why doesn't Weird Al, why isn't he in every movie? I listen, I, I completely agree with that opinion. He was really good in Amistad. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't him, Jesse. That wasn't, was that? <laughs> I have a problem with confusing Weird Al and Jaiman Hansu. Was that yeah. Jaiman Hansu yeah. and yeah. 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 yeah, that's him. Weird Al would also be great in Guardians of the Galaxy. He would yeah. have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Jaiman Hansu's polka songs, though, when he does like a polka <laughs> version. So, okay, so that's actually Weird Al. He does the polka melodies on each album. Gee whiz. Yeah. Okay. I'll make you a chart. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Can you, Jordan, can you make it a sticker chart? Cause I'm trying to earn a pizza party. <laughs> no fucking way, man. Oh man. Sorry. If you have a, if you have a momentous occasion or you want to call in with a segment on the show, uh, such as this one or one that we thought of, but haven't mentioned yet, 206-984-4FUN, or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. La, la, la. Hi, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And the three of us host The Flophouse. It's a podcast where we watch a new bad movie and then we talk about it. Dan, you say it's hosted by the three of us. We've had a lot of great guest co-hosts like Gillian Flynn, Jamel Bowie, John Hodgman, Jessica Williams, Wyatt Cenac, Joe Bob Briggs, Josh Gondelman, Roman Mars. Yeah, and you said new movies, but what about the time we did Meatballs 2? Okay, okay, yeah, sometimes we do older movies and sometimes we have guests, but mostly it's about us talking about like recent bad movies. And don't forget about the one where I made you do a role-playing game where you played cartoon dogs. All right, yeah. Shouldn't a promo be a really simple explanation about what our show's about? So what's the show about, Dan? What's it about? (laughs) What's it about? It's about friendship, all right? It's about our friendship and how we love each other. The Flophouse. It's a podcast mostly about bad movies on Maximum Fun. A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, my precious child, I was in my car listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Chad Quant, peanut butter felon. 
Chad, can I just congratulate you on the success of Star Trek for the voyage home? Because it's one of the best Star Trek things I've ever seen. Jesse, that's weird. Al did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The whole thing was about how can you build a space tank that can contain Weird Al, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the answer was transparent aluminum. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Weird Al sang a song at a frequency that was similar to that of an alien warship. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it. A lot of people always think he did just Star Wars yeah. with, with both Yoda and Like a Jedi. Yeah. Do you remember my favorite line from the uh, entire movie is they land the Enterprise in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And you can see there's this beautiful look in Sulu's eyes as he looks out over the city of San Francisco, the legendary city by the bay. Mm-hmm. And he says, San Francisco, Jaiman Hansu. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chad, you actually wrote on a different Star Trek thing. Different one. Not as maybe not as good as Star Trek for the Voyage Home, but I I did uh I was a writer and producer, uh I guess technically still am on Star Trek Prodigy, which you can watch on Nickelodeon or Paramount Plus, which is an app that you can get. Yeah. Uh, it's about kids, the uh some kids in the Delta Quadrant. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think we've said it's the Delta Quadrant by now. Uh, Star Trek fans will be very, they're very serious about their quadrants. Or, <laughs> yeah, um, you don't want to fuck up the quadrants. Oh my God. Uh, you'll get dragged uh, online <laughs> if you fuck up the quadrants. What's nice uh, is those J.J. Abrams Star Treks. Those are four quadrant Star Treks. Right? Oh my God. That's a good, that's a good industry deep cut, Jesse. I like that. Uh, yeah, Prodigy's about a, a, a group of wayward kids who have never even heard of the Federation before. Uh, discovering an advanced ship uh, led by a hologram recreation of, of Catherine Janeway. And there's a bunch of mystery about how that ship came to be there and what's its purpose. And it's a, a real love letter to the, fr- to the franchise and the world of Star Trek. And uh, I got to, got to write some fun food replicator jokes and talk about how there's no currency in the Federation because got to get those kids incepted into socialism uh, as soon as rather than later. You must. You yeah. must. And thank you. And yeah, thank you for um, you know, coming on this show and promoting your children's program by discussing a pornography chart. <laughs> thank you. I uh, yeah, I think last time we talked about the the horniest Star Trek and this time was Pornhub, so I'm really just Yeah. Uh if it's not clear, Prodigy is a family show <laughs> aimed at aimed at younger audiences, but I think people of all ages, a four quadrant, if you will, mm-hmm. will enjoy it. Um if I can also just throw out too, if you want something a little bit more in this porn up conversation, I do a podcast called Goose Buds, where uh, me and my friends uh, read through old YA 90s books, uh, most often Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. Jordan's been on it uh, twice, got an upcoming episode. Uh, very excited to share. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. Goosebumps is a blast. I've, I've loved both times I've been on it. And boy, yeah, those <laughs> Goosebumps books really suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. There's very few good ones. Yeah. My, uh, what are the What are the good ones? Let's let well, let's be positive for about R. E. Goosebumps. What are uh, the What are the what, What's the What's the height of the series? Would you say Camp Jelly Jam? I'd say is the height okay. of the core. But uh, as we get into things, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will say Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, mm-hmm. R. L. Mm-hmm. Stein's Camp Jelly Jam, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then maybe the Anne Rice vampire novels. Yeah, yeah, Carrie, all maybe. Yeah. yeah. But. All on the shelves at Bleak House, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Just right right next to each other. Can I just say, there was a period where 
my daughter wanted to watch every Goosebumps show from the 90s, the early mm -hmm. 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, now she's on to wanting to watch the Freddy TV show. Oh, there was a Freddy TV show. You really couldn't find anything I want to watch less than the Freddy TV show. But uh, those Goosebumps shows, 100%, same thing. 75% of the time, there is a kid in it where you're like, this kid should be a movie star. And everyone else just seems like they wandered in half awake from a community theater production of Pippin. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes, very low budget, all very clearly set in Canada. There's a couple, uh, I believe uh, the TV adaptation of Say Cheese and Die stars a yet-to-be-famous Ryan Gosling. Yeah, oh. like a lot of the kids are really good. Like I'm, I'm very sincere that I'm often really impressed by the kids in those Goosebumps shows. <laughs> I've watched so many of, oh God, I do not care for them. They're doing a lot with very little. So they are. hats off to them. Yeah. They're really, these are industry professionals. And Chad, I'm so proud of your work on those shows. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for st uh, Star Trek Prodigy on Paramount Plus. Um, can you pass a note up to the folks at Paramount for me? Sure. Just thank them because I have such personal loyalty to the Paramount brand. <laughs> And I'm so glad that they named their streaming service Paramount Plus because it's yeah. really my way to directly connect with Paramount that I've loved so much as a brand you for so long. You love that mountain. You love that mountain. Yeah. Uh, Justice, I understand. When when we were working on the show and they hadn't named the streaming platform, I was kept pitching Viacom Wow. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were digging it. So I will let them know. <laughs> Halliburton Go. <laughs> <laughs> Connect with all your favorite Halliburton shows. <laughs> I'll pass that along to uh, this just says RussianNavy.net. <laughs> um, Chad, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us. I hope everyone will check out Star Trek Prodigy, uh, which is a really cool, really fun show. Um, check it out. Check it out with your family or without. Uh, you can get your taste of all the quadrants on Star Trek Prodigy. Um, Jordan Jesse Go uh, is produced by Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. You can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag your tweets, JJGO. Uh, we love to chat on the Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to them. And yeah, I think that's about it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.